Hello and welcome to Yubcast, your Star Wars cartoon podcast. My name is Matt, and I believe the pursuit of knowledge is the most noble thing someone can do. And I'm Jamie, and I've been through the treat my- myself. I found it quite refreshing. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah. <All> right, <laughs> we both I, did quotes. Except I should have done more of like the the the, the Jim Gaffigan kind of like, I've been through the treatment myself, and I found it quite refreshing. Uh, today we're going to talk about Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 9, The Crossing. Um, this is the desert planet one. Um, but before we get to that, uh, the last episode we had an unboxing of sorts where you opened a gift, um, a birthday gift from me. Um, and in the interim, I received a gift from you in the mail. So if you want to, I could open that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So let's go for it. All right. It's an envelope or like a, um, bubble wrap envelope. It appears to be a t-shirt. Oh, it, my arabesque is not great. <laughs> it is a red t-shirt with arabesque text on it. And what's it say? What's it say? Yeah. It says... Make, can you see me? Oh, I didn't see you can't make on camera. Yeah. It says, make Kashyyyk great again. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> now, look at the back. Yubcast.com. Awesome. Yeah, that's... Yeah, see? I hope it's a nice t-shirt. Yeah, I, oh, I, I like this fabric. Yeah, I made I made sure when my um, that I they asked for like the tri blend stuff that's super comfy, and so we officially have you have you have cast apparel, a whole two shirts. Make the sheet great again. <laughs> I love it. Oh, the, the 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 problem was is that there are um that uh, the uh the sh in arabesh has its own character and so i i downloaded the arabesh font uh and was uh, making it in this thing called um this program called uh, gimp which is just a free freeware uh version of like photoshop sure um but it would not I, I don't know what it, I can't remember the what's called where like it'll link two words to or two letters together. It um, and even in Word it wouldn't. I downloaded the font it wouldn't do it. But I could get it in um, like there's a Orbesh translator online that would that would like if there are like like two letters that go together and make a sound and it's just one one. Um, and it's just one character. It it did that, so I was able to monkey with the HTML, and so you can see that the uh, that um, it's actually well 
Kashyyyk is actually, you would think that it only has, uh, that it has, see, um, K A S H Y Y Y K, but the S H um, is its own, um, is its its own character. Um, right. It's like Russian. Russian has characters for S H. C H T S S C H S H C H. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's beautiful. It's a really no. Thank you so much. This is a great T-shirt. I love how the Ubcast logo turned out too. I like the Ewok face. I'm gonna put that on Twitter. Yeah, I was. Um. No. Yeah, because it's a. Um. It's the one. The picture that's on like. Um. That people see when they download it. But I just was able to strip out. Everything except for the Ewok uh, head. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's it's a good use of like negative space for coloring. I really like it. Awesome. I'll wear that next time we record. Yeah. So now now we have a official uh, podcast uniforms. That's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Two quotes. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I was. I wanted a Yubcast t-shirt for a long time. I just haven't pulled the trigger. Now I've got a Make a Sheet Great Again t-shirt. He's going to be indicted tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Chewbacca's dad? Chewbacca's dad. So we took last week off just because it was too much to squeeze in a recording. Um, I haven't done a whole lot of Star Wars other than watching Mando and watching Bad Batch. Um, have you done anything? No, not really. Other than like um, just organizing all of my um, Star Wars stuff into like a couple um, um, couple rows on a bookshelf in my office. Um, I just um, it, I just had its. Um, all over the place and there's still a lot more I just don't have the room so I just organized my small uh, my small little uh, collection um, I just various it's a lot of just like action figures and like um, like Hot Wheels um, like ships um, and like those t- uh, some Funko Poppets and the, the Tiki uh, uh, glasses you gave me it's nowhere near like what you have or what some of our other listeners have. I'm I'm certain. Looking um, looking around my desk, I think I have a mental illness. <laughs> um, did you you guys were collecting the Hot Wheel character cars for a while, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those are in like a big. Um, or oh, do I don't shoot. We might not have a lot of them anymore because I think we gave. A, way a lot of the Hot Wheels like we had like you know those like Costco pretzels that come in like a big plastic barrel we would just right. dump like after instead of getting rid of it we just dumped all the Hot Wheels in it and that thing was like full and I think we finally got rid of the Hot Wheels track and we might have just gotten rid of all the Hot Wheels too so we probably lost a, a lot of those which it was just getting to be much after a while I really like those one of the few things that I did this week is I got a new book and I got it cause it was super cheap and it is Canon. 
So it keeps my canon book collection going. And it is Star Wars Hunters Battle for the Arena based on the game. That's the title. And it's based, I think it's based on like the, some pay to play video game on the iPhone, iPad, Android, one of those games where you just like grind. I haven't played, I don't play those games, um, but I have this book now and it sort of looks cool. It's like a young adult reader sort of thing. The boys will like it. They'll read it and ask why we don't have this video game, but um, don't know what it's about, but it's a new book. Yeah, I I know there's some new Star Wars books that came out. I just haven't... um... I um I listen to a lot of like um other like sci-fi and like military sci-fi kind of when I'm like in between lulls of like Star Wars and right now like I've just going through a, another series so I've got to g- get through all of that before I jump back on, on the uh, Star Wars uh Dragon um Battle Scars came out a couple days ago maybe like a week ago it's the Fallen Order follow-up book it's like the mm. Cal Cestus. It was supposed to be a trilogy, I think, and this is supposed to be the book between the two games. Ah, okay. So well, I haven't started it, but I downloaded it on Audible. Um, I was going to start it probably this week. If the weather's finally getting nice here, so I'm going to start running again. Mm-hmm. So I'll need something to distract me from all the pain of starting to run for the first time in over a year <laughs> cool anything else no i mean i got a the star wars hunters book came with my monthly shipment of comics but i am so far behind on the comics at this point i'm probably gonna take a week off of work and just sit on the couch and read star wars comics that's actually sounds pretty boss i might do that yeah i that's how i usually do it and I got kind of burnt out a little bit because I did that with like um, my local library um, has a decent Star Wars uh, comic collection, and I just kind of I know I kind of burned myself out a little bit. It's kind of like the whole binging thing. Like I've kind of realized that it's actually nice to have time in between because um, you'll remember like each episode or each comic more than just um, you just did a whole thing. But yeah, like, cause I would just like steamroll through, like the Doctor Afro, um, things, and like I barely remember anything about those, like the, the, the storylines. Yeah, I. You know, I sometimes go through phases where I don't really like talking about Star Wars. They're brief and spread out. Yeah, but it's like that happens. I'm like Jamie. I'm trying to do my taxes right now. Don't remind me. (laughs) (laughs) I am trying to do my taxes right now. Every year, I sit down and do my fucking taxes. And I'm like, why didn't you write any of this shit down when it was happening? (laughs) (laughs) Like, looking at bank statements from, like, February of last year. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm like that. Like, oh, I'll remember. (laughs) Flash forward to, to right now, I'm just like, fuck. Like, going going through bank statements going through like emails and it's like uh like anybody out there who has like a, a job where you have to like 
justify pretty much your job at the end of the year, like to, to get a merit increase or a promotion. So you're like digging through every email, every instant message. Like for me, it's like also digging through GitHub and looking at all the different things that I did um, to, to prove that I wasn't just sitting around on, on my butt doing nothing. And then like every year I'm like, you know what, I'm going to keep a log of everything that I've done. And then, yeah, next year comes around, I didn't do shit. Or I no, I'll do it briefly, and then yeah, yeah. and then it, then I fall off. The pro the problem is is it it's habitual, right? You need to make it a habit. Like I have to write a re- I have to write a resume, and I don't know where to fucking start, right? And I looked up the last time I wrote a resume, and I'm like, oh shit, this thing's like ten years old. Mm. So probably start with your name. Miguel Sanchez. <laughs> no, when you were talking about um, not having a record, the uh, Dear Homer, I owe you a donut, love Homer. <laughs> <laughs> He's always one step ahead of me. <laughs> Past Matt fucks over future Matt all the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, past Jamie, like, really fucked over present Jamie <laughs> in, in more ways than I, I care to admit. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. <laughs> Just do it. What's the worst that's going to happen? Yeah. We're all our own worst enemies all right um do you want to move on to um the summary yeah yeah let's i i didn't put it in the notes but there is one person that i want to highlight for today's show we don't have any guest stars. There's really only um, the regular cast, which is Rhea Perlman playing Sid very briefly, um, the Bradley D. Baker the, doing the clones, Michelle Ang doing Omega. That's the whole cast. And the producer and the director, we've already covered. But the writer, we haven't. Uh, the writer is a woman named Brooke Roberts. Um, and this is her first uh, Star Wars credit. Um, she hasn't written on Star Wars before, but she's credited as the writer of this episode. Um, so I went to her IMDb page, and she has written or been assistant writer or a script director. I don't know the industry, Um, But she's typically a behind-the-scenes writer or assistant writer on different shows, um, also listed as a producer. She mostly worked on the show The Flash um, and NCIS New Orleans. She did 66 episodes of that show. I watched some NCIS, but not New Orleans. That seems to be the latest iteration of that show. But she was a writer 
on Boston Legal, Flash, NCIS New Orleans, FBI International, which might be a documentary, I'm not sure, and something called The Terminal List. But she's also worked on Family Guy. She was a writing assistant on 27 episodes. Um, she was in a writing assistant on the Family Guy special, Stewie Griffin, The Untold Story. And she worked previously on the Bernie Mac show and a show called Inside Schwartz, which is a Herman's Head <laughs> sort of thing from 20 years ago. <laughs> Um, I was just thinking something funny from Herman's head. <laughs> yeah. Um, good Simpsons poll. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only... She's the only person um, that's new to the cast and crew for this episode. The primary cast and crew. So I just wanted to highlight her today. Um, welcome to the family, Brooke. Um, great episode. You can take it away. I have one thing I wanted to mention okay. before we get started. And I, I, this is something like, as much as I, I love Star Wars, there is like every now and then, I don't know if you have this, where all of a sudden just something will stick out to you that's like you've just taken for granted for so long. And you're just like, wait a second. What? That doesn't make any sense, because you, you have su- su- suspension of disbelief, so you just you don't even think about it. Um, why do all the clones have New Zealander accents? Um, they're Tamar Morrison. Yeah, but he was just like the. He was just the, um, he was the template. He wasn't the, he wasn't like their dad teaching them everything. He was just... You mean, why don't they all speak like Lama Sioux? Yeah. Hmm. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Like, is there an in-universe reason why they all talk like Tamara Morrison? Yeah. And in, in the Bad Batch, I mean Omega, especially, um, leans into it, mm-hmm. right? Like, like kick. Yeah. Becca. Yeah. Do they all? Uh, I mean, when they're when they're born, do they just smack them on the head? So like like people who have like head injuries will all of a sudden be able to like like speak it like in an accent. So they like smack them once, and they're like. They talk Scottish, and they're like, nope, and then smack them again, Irish, and then and all of a sudden they hit the New Zealand and run it. Okay, good to go. I mean, we could... So Star Wars, especially Clone Wars, uses accents to sort of communicate culture quickly. And so if you come across a species that's speaking, quote-unquote, basic, but in an accent, that, that's meant to classify them as other. Right. Um, and represent them. So maybe it's just con- a convenience that Tamara Morrison is New Zealand, speaks with a, quote-unquote, accent, and 
they can use that to give the clones some continuity to their identity. Might right. not be deeper than that. Yeah, so here's here's my little headcanon thought that like they have oh. a they have yeah. a oh. Okay. So they have a they have a group of clones like like a, a batch that are just nothing but trainers that he trains that they grew up around him and Boba so they grow up and they just get the accent just by default because they're around him so much and right. then so it could be like copies of copies so maybe like the first few hundred clones made had to be trained by Django mm-hmm. and, and they became basically reflections of him and then they go off and train everybody else and so they're downstream copies of copies but not like Michael Keaton in Multiplicity mm-hmm. <laughs> where they, oh, deep pull where they just slowly be, get like dumber and, <laughs> yeah. yeah so <clears throat> they all fuck his wife <laughs> Even the even the really dumb one, yeah. <laughs> the movie's wild. <laughs> That's good. That's great. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Like, uh, stay tuned to uh, uh, cast for all your uh, w- weird '90s movies that didn't really weren't super successful. <laughs> uh, so, or Patreon. Our Patreon feed will be reviewing the Garbage Pail Kids movies. <laughs> Multiplicity. What was the other one we said we would do? I don't remember. Oh, I don't know. We can we can do a bunch. Like, uh, I think we said we'd do Star Wars detours on Patreon. Yeah. I need I need a lot of drugs before that, and I don't do drugs, so. And just Agreed. be cru- be cruising around like the bad neighborhoods. Um, I'm looking for drugs. <laughs> do you do you do drugs? Do you give drugs? Is this enough for drugs? <laughs> Can I write you a check? Um, yeah. Okay. So a musical twang, a musical twang introduces us to a desert planet. Looks a lot like Monument Valley. The Havoc Marauder is coming in for a landing. And they land on the ledge overlooking a valley. The team disembarks, minus Echo, of course, because he's now with Rex. And it's a dry and dusty planet. The uh, the Bad Batch approach some sort of door, huge circular airlock-looking door, kind of like a big bank vault sort of thing. Yeah, I call it a bank vault in a minute. <laughs> this setup, the musical cue leading into the show before it fades up, is like... Um, old West might as well have like a prospector um, banging pans together saying there's gold <laughs> and, or like a back talking mule it was very and when they brought it up like like we're from like we live out west where you do and I did right mm-hmm. it's like oh my god this is Utah or like four corners area mm-hmm. or something like it's red dirt that like cavern or like crevasses everywhere mm-hmm. and then big 
rock structures just like standing that don't make any sense and so that's why we put monument value monument valley in the notes yeah like kind of like a canyon that's very grand i don't know what are you what are you talking about <laughs> I, i'm i'm trying to be funny yeah yeah so it's it's a it's called yes and you don't just shit on my bad joke you gotta add was, to it i was profaning ignorance for comedy Hmm. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So Tex says that Tex says this is the mine that Sid has purchased. Omega asks why they're there. Tech explains that they're supposed to look for Ipsium deposits, a highly combustible mineral. Tech opens the mine door that opens up very much like a bank vault. I I think this is a pretty cool design. I, mean, I guess to keep people out of your mine. Um, just put a big vault door on it. Yeah, it's it's not what I would expect for like a mine, but it works, and it is a way to presume. Presumably, these mines don't connect. Like, basically, a a the way I envisioned it is like a company comes in and drills the initial tunnel, puts the bank vault door on the outside and then you buy the tunnel and then you go and excavate it mm-hmm. but it's it's a great design yeah it's very uh, it's very interesting okay so uh, the team notices storm coming which it's huge storm that you also see in the uh, in the in the west southwest specifically Hunter says the storm is moving away. Hunter and Tech will go into the mine, and Wrecker and Omega will stand watch. Without Echo, they'll be splitting the team into twos more often. Omega says that she will be the lookout. Hunter says that Sid warned them of bandits in the area, so they should keep their eyes open. Now cut to someone on the next ridge who is observing them through some quad knocks. And then back to the mine. Tech says the mine is basically empty. It's kind of like played out. They've gotten everything. The previous owners have pretty much taken everything. Hunter says that they will keep searching the whole mine. Tech picks up a faint reading. Um, there is some sort of clearing in the ceiling. They can't drill it out because it could explode. Now, it's, uh, I'm guessing Ipsium is a lot like Waxium, where it's like highly unstable. They They make a big deal of it being very uh, explosive yeah I'm going to look up I didn't look it up but I'm going to see if Ipsium is mentioned in anything else but it's basically this molten stuff that's like captured in rock that blows up a few um, it's like nitroglycerin almost mm-hmm. alright okay Okay, so outside, Omega is thinking about Echo and feeling sad that the team is diminished. Tech calls Omega to help them inside the mine. Uh, kids kids yearn for the mines. Uh, they caught her playing Minecraft too much, so it's like, oh, you want a mine? Let's go. She leaves uh, Wrecker alone uh, outside, and inside the mine, Tech is explaining to Omega how dangerous it is and how to use the tool. She says that she understands, and she assembles the drill and extracts the Ipsium into a vial. Tex stores the vial and tells her she did a good job and asks her to do it again. So, basically, this 
what this tool is is kind of like um, it's just kind of drills and then extracts the ipsium, ipsium because it's it's like gelatinous. Yeah, it's like a drill with a syringe attachment. So once you break into the cavity with this gel in it, you can suck it out. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know a better way to put it. I just looked it up, though. Ipsium only appears in this in the next episode, so this is a brand new thing. Outside, the lookup lookout is on a speeder. They pull up to the Havoc Marauder. Hunter, Tech, and Omega come out of the mine and talk to Wrecker. Hunter says that they should get out of there and head back to Ord Mantell. The storm has changed directions. All of a sudden, the Havoc Marauder takes off. The Bad Batch rushes after, but the ship is gone. Wrecker and Tech argue about how the ship could have been stolen if Wrecker was on on watch. Hunter isn't having it. They ask the team for a plan, and Tech says there was a settlement 40 clicks away so that maybe they can get a ride there. So, this is like the first time you see them, like, bickering. Um... Because, like, record complains, well, why did you park it so far away? Yeah, this is sort of a theme of this episode. Um, we've never seen Tech and Wrecker more at each other's throats than this episode, and it's constant. Throughout the whole thing, they're arguing and fighting. This sort of turns into a Tech episode, um, but he's not super sympathetic in this whole wrecker fucked up argument. Yeah. And plus the fact, why'd you leave the keys? Yeah. <laughs> like they don't have doors that lock and shit. I don't yeah. know. It's like you didn't, we didn't see what the thief had to do to take the ship, but he did it fast. So yeah, you would think that they would have like a lot of, um, like, um, anti-theft deterrence in there, and uh, being tech, being as smart as he is, or just them, just being as crafty as they are. But Put a fucking set- club on it. Yeah, but my car was stolen in college. My parents bought me a club <laughs> to lock the steering wheel. I forgot about those. <laughs> then they just people started cutting the steering wheel. Yeah, they didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean even like Lando gets like like a boot put on the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh no. I forgot to pay my fines. Um, but yeah, it's I thought they you had to have like that's that, that's like one thing that's always like bothered me like in Star Wars. Um, I mean, at least, cause at least Star Trek, it seems like you have to have some sort of command access or the system has to recognize you. Like Star Wars, like, and they, and they just like leave the doors open that anybody could just walk in and be like, okay, this ship's mine now. Yeah, I mean, we see some level of control at command ships, right? Like there's a whole plot line in one of the novels about the commands you have to use to to pilot like a star destroyer and things like that so there is security i think these guys are just like parked on an abandoned planet they thought they were going to get away with it yeah and i think i do think 
wrecker fucked up here. Mm-hmm. Alright, okay. So, Alright, so back to it. Um, so Wrecker complains about the distance, but Hunter says that they need to get moving. They begin the hike. The planet is a desert, and they're running low on water. Omega keeps pinging Echo, but Hunter says he's too long range. He's, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's too far away. She, she can't reach him. Tech says that he, he also disabled his comm, and Omega is worried. Yeah, there's... This is, I said this turns into a tech episode. It turns into, like, uh, an Omega, everything is bad. Like, preteen. Like, I don't want to grow up. I don't want to feel these feelings sort of episode. And her using a short-range comm to try to contact Echo, who's God knows where Mm -hmm. in the galaxy, is... It's a good way to um, showcase her futility, her helplessness in this moment. She doesn't know what to do or what to feel or how to be. She just wants the band back together. She wants her family. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, okay, so all of a sudden, the, the group find themselves in a stampede of antelopes. They climb up to the rope to get away, but Wrecker carry, carrying the Ipsium falls down. He leaves the Ipsium behind, but Tech says if it explodes, they will all die. Well, Wrecker jumps down to protect the case while the stampede is happening. Tech says he shouldn't drop it. Wrecker says Tech should carry it since he, uh, so he does. So this is very much almost kind of like Lion King-esque. Yeah, there was a lot of comparisons to Lion King at the time, but... It's it's a weird scene, but it sort of establishes the importance of the Ipsium and the danger of it. Because Wrecker basically had to let the antelope run over him to prevent them from kicking the box. Yeah, I can't think of a real-world equivalent where an animal could accidentally trigger uh, a huge explosion other than, like, like the... <laughs> Like accidentally stepping on the trigger to like a nuclear explosion or something. I mean, it. it the analog for us is really nitroglycerin. Mm-hmm. It is. Oh, that's it true. Is yeah. A, a explosive chemical that can be detonated by kinetic energy. Yeah. There isn't there isn't a lot of those things in our. Um, in our chemistry, but there's a few things like there's lithium compounds you can hit with a hammer and they'll explode. There's nitro, obviously. Um, but I sort of started viewing it as nitroglycerin. Mm. Like like the liquid form of it, at least, not the dynamite form of it. Yeah. Uh, Trinitrotoluene also can be detonated with like a percussive strike you have to hit it pretty hard yeah um way back when when i was going to emt school uh, one of my instructors said that um when he was younger they used to take old uh nitroglycerin pills and like smash them with a hammer to see if anything happened but it was just nothing happened (laughs) because it's just so um so diluted yeah um 
Yeah, that, that that's not how that works. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you you get bored you get bored on twenty four hour shifts, so you start doing stupid stuff. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so the storm starts blowing through the pass they're in. It's a huge uh, dust storm, uh, and so they're looking for shelter. Tech identifies another mine thirty meters ahead. Tech falls and leaves the case behind. The wind whips up the case of Ipsium and smashes it against the wall of the mountain. It detonates and collapses the mine. So, now trapped in the mine, Wrecker and Tech continue to argue. Hunter says to start digging their way out of the mine and to stop arguing. Omega says that the Marauder's transporter, transponder isn't working. Tech says it's probably turned off by the thief. Hunter says that the ship is... Uh, not important right now, and they have to get out of the mine. Tech says they will probably not recover the ship at all. He says that they can get a new one. Omega says that they already lost Echo, and now they're going to lose their home too. So, you know, like you said, she's a, she's a little kid making like adults can be like, mm, okay, whatever. Um, this thing happened with her. That's that's her entire world, and so like. Echo leaving, then like the ship getting stolen. That's just, that's a lot for a kid to take in. It's not trivial to her. Yeah. Right? She's watched her whole society be destroyed. She's watched one of the four people she cares about most say, enough is enough. Um, And now her, it's like my three dads, right? Like they're <laughs> fighting and she has no agency in any of this right she's literally along for the ride yeah and yeah don't worry you how you'll see echo on the weekends right that that's a shitty that's a shitty analogy but (laughs) it's thanks no no i mean like it's it not the analogy isn't shitty but it's it shows how shitty her situation is Mm -hmm. because it's it's like a death in the family or a divorce or something like that. She has no way to even talk to him. Right? Mm-hmm. So, like, she's literally calling into her calm and her brothers slash family are saying, like, knock it off. Yeah. Okay, so Hunter says that they didn't lose Echo, he's just on a different mission. And uh, Tech, in very Tech fashion, says the squad existed before Echo and will continue to exist without him. Tech asks, "What's her, what's her deal?" Basically, Omega storms off. Tekka says, "Tekka says all he said was the truth." Hunter says she knows the truth and doesn't need his inelegant reminders. So, Tech's got um, Tech's kind of like I guess Sheldon from The Big Bang Theory, except not being such a weird asshole but it just he's very like he's very facts driven personal inter, interpersonal uh, communication is not his specialty it's hard to write a character like Tech to not make him come off as a psychopath mm-hmm. because he he has so little empathy in these moments it's hard I actually got dragged on Twitter a little bit because everyone was talking about, like, finally a neuroatypical character in, like, pop culture. 
And it's just like a trigger for me, I think, when yeah. it's like the smart guy is autistic. And like I have like several family members who are autistic and it's just it I grew up in the time like we grew up around the same time where being outside the norm was considered diseased and a reason to be victimized and so still I still still in there someplace in my mind where I think people are attacking when they say that someone's autistic I don't know yeah I'm probably no. too sensitive yeah you're such a snowflake it you know it's a no I get it my uh my high school reunion is coming up and I'm just like oh hell no um because I I would just revert back to the uh, the young person that I was uh so I don't want to deal with that shit but um yeah fuck them yeah but it's yeah no I I, I don't want to shit on people like like if you could see that in tech then great but it's it's... It doesn't have to be that way is my thing and maybe this is my sensitivity to the toward the subject of being of having like my niece be autistic or my cousin be autistic or someone's telling me like like fuck you freak your brain is broken but it's like like Sheldon's not autistic He's just strange. He's mm-hmm. just he's just eccentric, and you have to guard it. Like I, I maybe they intentionally wrote tech to be on the spectrum, right? But I don't know. Well, it's more like like data. He's just he's more like just a robot. He's not right. He's Spock. He's data. He's the character that's there to show how show the gap in humanity mm-hmm. right like what like what is the ideal human it's not this yeah yeah like but he... people if if you see if you're neuroatypical on the autism spectra and identify with tech that's great my my personal experience with people labeling other people as neuroatypical is overall negative. And so when I see people labeling even a fictional character as neuroatypical or having autism spectrum disorder or antisocial tendencies, I get mad automatically. So that's my issue not yours <clears throat> yeah yeah and it, it's fine but it, it's we'll dig into it more but it is nice to kind of get back into our like more focusing on tech just because he's been like for like the first season he was just um he was just kind of the the nerdy intelligent guy he was just like he was scotty he was just there to to solve impossible situations that they they're in. In our Vin Diesel episode, <laughs> which is how I refer to it, 
I said I was super happy that we're getting a Tech Central episode. I think this is like a Tech Omega episode, and I I think there's a ton of growth here, a ton of understanding, and, and the characters are better off for it. Um, anyway, do you want to keep going? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You said, you said the magic word, so now it's on. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> No. Okay. You have to read this time. <laughs> Unlikely. Okay. Fuck. <laughs> I have something for everything, so. <laughs> okay. All right. I lost track of where we were. Um. Okay. So Omega explores deeper in the mine. She sits in a narrow pass and turns off her light to be alone. After some time in the dark, she notices a faint glow in. Uh, f- sorry, a faint light in the wall of the mine. She takes her drill and breaks through the wall into another chamber filled with Ipsium. And we didn't mention it before, but like all of s- stuff sci-fi, Ipsium uh, has, I mean, not bioluminescence, but it just, it, it glows in the dark. It's very colorful. Easy to recognize. Yeah, it's not like, like, it's, it's not like oil or something where it's just like, oh, it's very it's like how uranium or sorry like their toxic waste in movies and stuff is always glowing and green so um back at the at the digging their way out Rucker says it'll take uh days to dig out hunter tells him to stop complaining um <laughs> and tucker says if they had ipsy it just occurred to me that they they must just have shovels on them because they did a lot of digging uh a few episodes ago <laughs> Somebody somebody on Twitter put a image of the Bad Batch up and said, I need to know what's in their backpacks. Um, I think it's probably rations and just random tools. Mm-hmm. Because they do mention later in the episode, they're like, we don't have several days worth of rations on us. It's like, no, you probably would carry some, though. Mm-hmm. No matter where, even if you were a few hundred feet from the ship, like, that's basic survival. Yeah, just depends on the mission, I suppose. But, um, so, um, so, okay, so Hunter tells Wrecker to stop complaining. Tech then mentions that if they had Ipsium, they could blast their way out. Wrecker says that they had some, but Tech lost it. Tech says that since he dropped the Ipsium, that was his mistake, and he, he, and he will check the mine for Ipsium. Hunter says that he should fix his relationship with Omega too. So now Omega is in the next chamber, examining the Ipsium deposits. Tech is searching for her. He finds the hole in the wall and sees Omega extracting the Ipsium alone. Tech tries to get her attention. She tells him he's busy. This is anybody who has had kids or uh, a long-term girlfriend, wife, or just significant other. This is the, oh, it's fine. I'm, I can't talk right now. She tells him she's busy, and Tech says that there's enough Ipsium to blow up the whole mine. Omega says she thought that they could blast their way out. She hands Tech the vial. Tech says that he agrees, and she should gather as much Ipsium as she can. Omega asks if he trusts her. Tech says he believes she can perform the tasks. So that's an interesting way of saying trust. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd also like to point out now they're claim jumpers. Yeah. <laughs> like, this isn't their mine. Yeah. But whatever. So, um, <clears throat> as Omega gathers the last of the Ipsium, she slips and is hanging over a cliff into a dark ravine. Tech tries to grab her hand, but she falls into the void. Tech jumps in after her. Omega lands in an underground river and is swept away. <clears throat> Back with Hunter and Wrecker, Hunter, Hunter, Hunter senses that something is wrong. He tries to call Tech and Omega on the comm, but they don't respond. Hunter says that something's wrong, and Hunter and Wrecker have Hunter and Wrecker head into the mine. In the river, Tech and Omega are holding on to each other. They are pulled through a hole in the bottom of a river and ejected to the waterfall into a pool of water. This is really cool. I, I like this sequence. Um, I love it. Yeah. I think it's so harrowing and it resolves in a very satisfying way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think we both have sort of a drowning thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's the only like way you I can achieve orgasm. What's that? It's the only way I can achieve orgasm. No. <laughs> you told me when, when we were talking about the Mandalorian thing, the bathing in the waters, that that anything underwater gives you like heightened sense of oh, danger. Oh, yeah. No, no. It's not from the drowning. It's just from what's in there or not in there. Oh, the, like sharks? Sharks, dead things, wreckage. Just it's just weird, creepy shit. Like I thought that was a drowning thing. No, no, it's like, like, like you, like have you seen? You've seen the abyss, right? Of course. <laughs> okay, just want to be sure. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, so was like, fucking terrifying. Yeah, so when he, um, when uh, Ed Harris's character at the end, when he goes down into the abyss and he's just dropping down and he passes by. The like there was a wreckage. I know that I find that so like weird, terrifying. Just it's it's a weird thing, and it makes me feel kind of like Ugh, right just right now. Just it's just one of those things that like I can't explain it. Um, the like part, the part of that scene that gave me anxiety was when they filled his suit with the liquid that had the oxygen dissolved in it, and he had to learn how to breathe liquid mm -hmm. I thought that I couldn't imagine something more painful than not drowning and having to breathe liquid because mm -hmm. you're one your lungs don't work that way it wouldn't work but two could you fucking imagine letting your lungs fill up with water <sighs> it would fucking it would be unbearably painful it would be like cutting your arms off type of pain. It would mm -hmm. be fucking incredible. Yeah, it'd be uh, very difficult to breathe. Because you got to put your... I wouldn't even know how that would work. I, and I don't want to get into it. Cause... Oh, it wouldn't. We can talk all about it if you want. That's not how your lungs work. But it wouldn't... You couldn't. You couldn't extract gas from liquid. Your lungs are not built that way. Your alveoli would just collapse. They need to be. Their density is far less than water. Hmm. So you're telling me the abyss. That part of the abyss was not true. So there aren't aliens underneath. Did I ruin the abyss? Yeah. 
I'm uh, king of the world. <laughs> well, I'll never watch that movie the same again. Uh, um, no, I want to watch The Abyss. Yeah. And you can see uh, Michael Bean is like the as a Navy SEAL for like the, the hundredth time that he plays a Navy SEAL. Right. I'm adding Abyss to our Patreon list. <laughs> Yeah, hey, I remember reading. I read the book, the novelization. It was a good, Shit, a good book. I've never read the book. Did it come out before or after the movie? I, I think it was a novelization. Oh, doesn't count. Oh, but it was so it was so good. Oh, okay. Not to you don't have to put it on your list, but I enjoyed it when I was in high school or whenever I found it. Okay, so. Um, Okay, so they eject into the waterfall pool of water. Okay, so they, they hear Hunter on the comm. Tech tries to determine where where they are and to report their position. Omega notices that there's a crack in the wall that leads to the outside. Hunter, or sorry, Tech tells Hunter they found a way out, but they will need their gear. Tech says that they'll have to ride the rapids down the waterfall with the Ipsium, but don't let it explode. Tech reassures Omega that they'll be out of the mine and on to their next problem. Omega, Omega says the ship will still be gone and everything is changing, and Tech doesn't even care. Tech says the change happens all the time, and caring about it is not productive. Oof. So, um, Omega says Echo left. Why doesn't that upset him? Tech says that they have to adapt and move on, and that's what soldiers do. Omega says they aren't soldiers, they are family. I don't have friends. I got family. <laughs> Alright. This is a good <laughs> enough place to break in. <laughs> um, Shut up. In, in this moment, I do have sympathy for Tech. Unlikely. No, I do. Um, I have the, the idea of holding on to change, to something that's changing is wildly problematic um it's dangerous yeah Yeah, and go ahead there's one constant in the universe and that's change things change yeah Yeah. you you'll lose it 10 out of 10 times you have to get good at adapting to change this is something kids don't always understand this is something adults don't always understand (laughs) right um And I, I view it as a mark of maturity and intellectual honesty um, when people can express that they understand this and can let go. Um, yeah. I'm also producing roughly a nostalgia podcast for something I loved when I was a child. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, what what is it? The the Serenity Prayer. Uh... God grant me um, the strength to change what I can change, change the the whatever the ability to recognize what I can't change and the, the knowledge to know the, the difference yeah something like that yeah. yeah that sort of thing but sort of less nonsensical <laughs> um yeah, what can you change, what can't you change, and how do you tell the difference? Um, but everything's changing. Everything's in flux all the time. And she doesn't get this. And Tech is like... like He is so hyper-focused on the problem in front of him, he doesn't 
notice the changes or or process or think about them from an emotional weight point of view, I guess. But I, in this moment, I'm like, I'm tech. <laughs> like, like if my kid were crying about something, I've definitely been guilty of the thought, like, this isn't tough. Like, the hard stuff's all about the... Like, it's all ahead of you. Um, so... Yeah. Like, have your moment, but recognize we're moving on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you think this is bad, but you get your heart broken for the first time. <laughs> then we'll talk. For the fifth time. Stop being the weakling. <laughs> get out there and take your cuts! <laughs> yeah, go full Little League dad. <laughs> well, I thought this was America. Sorry, I thought this was America. <laughs> so she's wondering, why doesn't Tech act like he misses them? Tech says that Echo and Crosshair both made different choices. He has to respect that. He says he may process moments and thoughts differently, but it does not mean he feels less than Omega. So it's a good um, lesson for Omega. That it's just because she's losing her shit externally doesn't mean people might not be losing the shit internally. I have a saying I tell co-workers. I say I'm not a psychopath. I have a shallow affect. And I mean it. I don't get worked up. Not at work. Not in front of people. I choose to have my breakdowns in private. Yeah. So. I, I, yeah, I try to do that. Like People think that I'm just like super chill. But then like I, I will go like absolutely bananas. Because <laughs> like... Uh, so I'll just be very much like, okay, all right, whatever, all right, all right. And you can only take so much, do so much of that before you're just like, um, or you, we're just all of a sudden like your your eye starts to like twitch, and you know, like blood vessels start to explode in your in your eyes. I mean, it's a strategy. It's it's legitimately a management strategy to be the calm and collected guy. And then when you flip and you're like, why the fuck did you just do that? Like, what is wrong with you? Like, that's when people snap into, like, stark attention. It's like, like you pissed off the calm guy. Everything is, everything is broken now. Fix it. And that, like... Not to say that my relationship with my coworker is manipulative, but you have to have something in reserve. So, uh, Wrecker and Hunter are ejected from the waterfall and swim to the shore. Wrecker did not like that. Um, they're kind of playing up Wrecker to be like B.A. Uh, Baracus, or he doesn't like... Yeah. Um... <laughs> stuff where he's not in complete control where his feet aren't firmly on the ground so this, um, is, this this episode made me think more of a team than any episode in recent you know okay they blow up the wall 
but actually Tech blows up the wall while Wrecker complains that he didn't get to do it because Wrecker is the kind of the explosive guy. Now that the Bad Batch are out of the mine, they proceed to the settlement and it looks abandoned. It's very ghost towny. It's kind of cool. The four of them uh, continue on their war walk. They arrive at the settlement at night. It's abandoned. It's been abandoned for a while. Um, Wrecker says they came all, all this way for nothing. Tech says there is a long-range array that he can send a signal out. This um, this town reminds me of... I know you haven't read them, but the Gunslinger, or the Dark Tower series, uh, the Gunslinger series, that's by Stephen King. Yeah. Like, um, it's uh, the... It's very, like... There's just, like... It's there's weird anachronisms in the in the world that they're in. Like he, it's very western, but they've got guns, and then there's like these old tech. Um, there's these old areas that are like from the old world where they've got like ultra modern technology. So this just reminded me very much of that. Sure. I mean, I I love the set design of this abandoned spaceport. Okay. Yeah. All right. So the the Bad Batch calls Sid and asks for help. Uh, Sid tells them that they can figure it on on their own. She said that it is not her fault that the ship got stolen. Tech tries to recap the series to Sid. She reluctantly agrees to help them out in a few days. Hunter says that they don't have enough rations for a few days. Sid hangs up. Rucker says, "Well, what now?" Mega replies, "They'll figure out. They always do." The end. There it is. Yeah, I love did it. Yeah, so I, 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 I love the fact that like Sid just is like, eh, fuck off, click. Yeah, I don't. I know in the Vin Diesel episode, um, Winston um, from Ghostbusters warned them about Sid, but their falling out with Sid seems to be gradual rather than profound does that make sense oh yeah it's like she's slowly fucking them over rather than like dropping a dime on them and that's what i was expecting is that she would be like like oh fuck me fuck you and turn them in but it doesn't seem like that's the direction they're going it just seems like she's a shitty person yeah it's more like yeah just like eventually like like after getting dicked over by your boss for the hundredth time, you're just like, I quit. Yeah, and we see that that's roughly what happens, um, but we'll get to that. Um, before we talk about the episode too much, um, did you like it? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was a good episode overall. Not, I mean, not heavy on um, action and stuff, but I, I liked. I liked the tech centric stuff. I liked that he is no longer just, um, um, just there to solve problems that he has his own kind of personality and they're trying to extract it from him. So, and I would also like in the future, I would like kind of like a wrecker centric episode. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. There's not a whole lot plot wise from this episode. There's a MacGuffin of Ipsium. They're on some bullshit mission. It doesn't feed into a bigger plot. It's just a reason to give Omega and Tech space to talk. And I think that conversation is important. I think it's good. 
I think we learn a lot about tech. We learn a lot about Omega. I, I, I'm in love with it. Honestly, I like this is the slow motion Star Wars. I'm usually complaining about that we're missing. Like it's not all about space battles. And I remember I had a. Do you remember that movie Eyes Wide Shut? That Stanley Kubrick, Nicole Kidman movie. Yeah, I I didn't see it, but. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm aware of his, his, I'm aware of its existence. Right. So I had a friend in college who was an acting major, and he and I watched that movie together. And in the end, he fucking hated it, and he was railing about. He was being super arrogant about like how the plot didn't resolve and blah 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 blah. blah. And I was like, "What did you want? A car chase? Did you want like a shootout? Like?" Like, what would have made the movie better? There's a lot to be said about, like, small conversations. And and I know the rule for TV, especially cartoons, or is show, don't tell. But when you take the time to have two characters have a heart-to-heart, talk it out, like, they've been through a lot and they've not taken any time apparently on screen or in universe at all to talk about and process their emotions. This is a very healthy episode from like a mental health point of view. They sit down and, and tech tells Omega, no, I'm sad too. Yeah. I mean, like, I just don't, it's like this. What's what'd you say? Thirsting for a way to name the unnameable to express the inexpressible. Tell me more. Sorry, my my dinner with Andre. Right. Yeah, you can have. It doesn't have to be, um, like lightsaber battles, star uh, starfighter battles, and that, and that was a thing that people were shitting on Mandalorian this weekend. Or sorry, this week. This this week being um, a couple of days after the convert. Uh, same pet. Yeah, after the convert came out. So we're recording like a couple of days after St. Patty's Day. And so the last one that came out was The Convert, which was very, had some pretty awesome, a pretty awesome fight sequence in the beginning. And then the middle was just all just character-driven stuff. It wasn't your typical Star Wars. It was more along the lines of like what Andor and like Rogue One showed that Star Wars can be. It doesn't have to be all action. Well, I guess there's a lot of action in Rogue One, but there's a lot of characters. There's action though. in that one too, though. Like, yeah. hmm. There's action in Andor. There's action in The Convert. There's action in Rogue One. Like, what people are arguing about is it's like, it's not just an air show. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm thoroughly convinced if you produced a 45-minute lightsaber battle between an unnamed Sith and an unnamed Jedi at any point in the Star Wars universe and put it on screen, it would get 9 out of 10 on Rotten Tomatoes from the fans. Mm-hmm. Like, no dialogue. Just have an obviously villainous person hitting an obviously virtuous person with a lightsaber for oh, 45 minutes. That would I be... I, I think it would get like... <laughs> I think 9 out of 10 would be a little generous because 
Star Wars people can't agree on anything. So then, like, sure. the fight choreographer, the people, because what, what Star Wars fans are known for is being, like, very knowledgeable about uh, one-on-one combat. Everything. So, <laughs> They're experts on fucking everything. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, personally, I love the... I mean, I, I love, like, all the action stuff, but I love... I really love just, like, the the character-driven stuff because there's so much the actions there's been so much action that does just in in lieu unlike in lieu of like good writing they'll just like cover up just kind of like things that don't make sense with explosions and stuff i like the fact that there is good writing to where it's just like holy cow like the feelings you like you get like in andor like like the like the the end of it with um the the last mandalorian episode with pershing pretty much getting lobotomized the like m- we watched it last night um all four of us and my wife was like she, god she's an awful woman because she was just disgusted but she didn't she didn't say how that she hated the episode or anything she's just like what an awful person because this is i told you my wife said it was her favorite episode and it's such a one flew over the cuckoo's nest moment. It's a total atrocity. And it's like, I don't know, like, where are they going with this? It's mm-hmm. like people, people bitched about, like, Star Wars fans bitch about everything, right? But there's a, a clade of Star Wars fans that were bitching that, that episode one of Mandalorian wasn't enough context and now there's a clade bitching that there's too much context about Pershing and there's someone saying like like I don't care that Pershing went on a date to that mountain like why would I care about that I was like are you fucking kidding me there's I can name 45 things in that scene that were interesting down mm-hmm. to like the music that was playing, like the carnival version of like a John Williams, like March of the Force yeah. song playing in the background. Everything about that scene is meaningful. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. And I'll die on this hill. It's there's room for the pirate asteroid shootout scene and the Bo-Katan um, island like dogfight scene which you and I talked about and I love that scene and the lobotomy of some geneticist that can all exist in Star Wars to me anyway we sort of got off topic yeah was that a, did you take that personal that this Guy. Lo, 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 uh, a geneticist got lobotomized. I've made clones. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was my job for a long time. Is yeah. cloning. So, but in a way, we're all Doctor Pershing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the I, the the hard science explanation for what he was doing is bullshit. I'll put it that way. But from a plot device. You shouldn't mistreat your scientists. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's very... Yeah, I, I just... And I love the ambiguity of it. Like, P- 
people want to be like my son where like he says that we're watching something first in like oh, what's that what's that what's that how about you watch it and figure it out maybe like let your mind fill in the gaps do you need everything answered for you because every getting everything answered for you sometimes takes away the the, the fun mysteriousness of something I, I like just enough where there's like speculation like is she is she still in the service of Moff Gideon? Is she an imperial diehard? Is she truly a convert? Is she just a piece of shit? Um, is she, is she, what's her motivation? And that's I love just talking about that because it was it was so well done. I think of more about that than like the spa, than the space battle, than and then like the end where Bo-Katan gets accepted in to the into the culvert that just all of that happening I'm just like whoa that is so fascinating to me and I, and I love that Star Wars can be that it doesn't that, that they are doing that with not just books but with like live action stuff yeah so back to the cartoon though now <laughs> but yeah but, but even with this it was just basically just it, I mean, there was like kind of like a lesson in here about like it's not like everybody kind of grieves differently and like change is yeah. inevitable. Yeah, that's that's where the see Timmy moment of the episode where it's like like don't don't expect me to grieve the way you do, but understand that I'm grieving. Mm-hmm. Like she. Her emotions were overtaking her empathy and because she perceived Tech wasn't reciprocating that he was emotionally damaged and that's not fair to Tech that's not accurate to what he's feeling it's um, it's 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 a good maturity moment for her yeah yeah, they don't they don't show it, but Tech has actually been drinking a lot, a ton. Yeah, <laughs> he has the the wherewithal to make jet juice. <laughs> make us like like let's take this compass and activate an ancient um like weapon, and Tech's like we need more potatoes. <laughs> He's like um, the the comic version of uh, the comics version of Tony Stark, where he's just super wasted all the time. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> like to the point where like he can't do shit. <laughs> I mean, this was like, what did you think about the the setting, about like the old west? Oh, I love I, I love that. Just like like I said, like with the. Um, the uh, Dark Tower gunslinger vibes I got. It's I, I love that. So, I love that sort of um, um, uh, anachronistic styling. And there's a lot of that in Star Wars, where it's, you know, like not every place is going to be Coruscant. So there's things seem like like shitty, like they're like super poor. But then all of a sudden they'll have like this technology that we could only dream of having. Yeah, I I agree. I think. I think it was a really good episode, really good setting. I like, I, I couldn't think of 
a time when we've been to a Monument Valley planet. Um, but maybe we have in Clone Wars, and I just don't remember. But I was very happy with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 a great for one that's not going to be um it's not advancing the major plot. It's very good. I'm I'm kind of going to take it back a little bit what I've said before that like about like when they're they're not just advancing the main plot that I don't mind it if it's just well-written, character-driven sort of stuff. It's like like in a horror movie like where it's not it's not all gore, it's just suspense. Um instead of just um Tons of shit happening all at once, so it's very—I don't know—I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm much more accepting of um, this sort of stuff. Do you have any other comments on the style or tone of the episode? Uh, no, I don't. So I looked up those antelope earlier, hoping that that they had a cool Star Wars name, and they do not. So, just want want to let you know. Hmm. I'm sure eventually they will. No, I'm saying this is an opportunity for us to name them and and do the Wikipedia article. Okay. Um, Think about it. We'll talk about it. I'd have to see what they look like. Because sometimes a lot of um, animals, like... Or like types of deer will just like will just or, or like fish will just be named for a um it's just a characteristic like a white tail or a black black fin um we could we could call them lion kingas there you go yeah let's workshop that a bit but i think i think we're 80 percent of the way there simbases there it is simbases fuck i'm logging into wikipedia <laughs> <laughs> That would be awesome if they like. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Let's go with that. Yeah, we're doing it. All right. Do you want to move on to the rating? Um. Yeah. So um, so now's the time where we we rate an episode. We we rate episodes by by uh, Star Wars character. So a really great episode would be a uh, Han, Luke, Leia, Vader, Chewie, etc. A really bad episode would be um. I don't know that um, that bureaucrat from the um, from the last episode of the Mandalorian, uh, the one who keeps on uh, handing Persian like the the tapes. Oh, the guy in the cubicles. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I doubt he has a name. Yeah. <laughs> he, he he's not important enough even in Star Wars to have a name. Just asshole bureaucrat. But um, so, what man? What do you give this episode? It's tough. I think it's an important episode, but I I don't think it's advancing the plot much. So I'm going to give it a Max Rebo, the uh, famous jizz musician. <laughs> um, Max Rebo, who plays with his feet. That's not all he plays with if he's a jizz musician. Yeah. Yeah. Really, we barely earned our explicit tag this week, so gotta get it in. Gotta get it in at the last second. That's what she said. <laughs> yeah, really milking these things, uh, these uh, explicit tag warning. Uh, Not gonna do it twice. What do you, <laughs> what do you give it? I'm gonna give it a Mon Mothma because it is very kind of like the. It is a, um, is a non like 
main plot episode, but it was done well enough where I'm like, you know what? I don't mind this at all. I don't mind it at all. And I've come to really like um, Mon Mothma. That's a great, that's a great explanation. I love that character. Um, and she's becoming more and more important to me as sort of Star Wars progresses in the direction it's going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right. Cool. So one thing that we didn't say before we do the outro is this is basically a two-parter. Next episode is called Retrieval. It is a an immediate continuation of this episode. So we pick up with the Bad Batch hours after the end of this episode. And they continue on. Um, not giving anything away. But it's basically a two-parter. Um, anything else? Uh, no. Nope, that's it. All right. Leave us out. Thanks for listening and downloading. Um, we don't put any uh, advertising money into this, so um, if you could help us out, uh, give us a five-star ranking and whatever your uh, podcast aggregator is, um, tell a friend about us, like if you liked us. And if you didn't like us, well then, tell that annoying person at work about us so you can ruin a few hours of their life. All right, so, all right, so we're going to be back with the second part of um, this story, episode 10. Thank you for downloading and listening to this episode. We would also like to thank Jordan White for the use of his cover of Yub Nub as our intro and outro music. Please refer to the show notes for photos, clips, and links from this episode. Side effects from listening to Yubcast may include dizziness, dry mouth, a sense of confusion, and decreased sex drive. Serious side effects may include speaking in Ewa, speculating the origins of prequel characters, and wondering why two grown men discuss children's cartoons on the internet. For a complete list of side effects or to complain about the show, please visit us on Twitter at Yubcast or drop us an email at noochvaderproductions at gmail.com. Thanks again. We will see you again next week with a new episode. Yubcast is not affiliated with Lucasfilm or the Walt Disney Company. Star Wars, its characters, and creations are the property of Lucasfilm and its parent company, the Walt Disney Company. Yubcast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Coach each up to do, yum, yum. Coach each up to do.